Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem Shalom Bayis Shir number 392 What's important to know is that a happy marriage not only benefits the couple the husband and wife but it is vital and essential for the entire community Now this idea that we're telling you now is something that should motivate every couple, every husband and wife to work very hard towards their own Shalom Bayis and towards the welfare of the good health spiritually and physically of their children and building their home. Because what you are doing is not just for yourselves. You are helping Klal Yisrael tremendously. The Matana of Shalom Bayis is of the individual Shalom Bayis. It is an actual gift you are giving to uh, your Klal Yisrael in particular. But the truth is the welfare of society and the whole world as a whole. How could a community be considered good and healthy when the people's marriages are falling apart and kids are growing up in broken homes? And it's very important to have that in your consciousness. Now, we believe in individuality. Every soul is precious. You have to be think about the community as a tzibur, but there is no true tzibur unless you appreciate every person's individual contribution to that tzibur. So therefore, it's a combination of things. When you have shalom bias between you and your wife, you and your husband, it's, it's about your individuality and your own personal life. And together with that, there is an enhancement of you benefiting Klal Yisrael. It's a gift to Klal Yisrael when you have a solid, healthy, happy marriage and happy children. And again, we cannot judge people who got divorced or in this matzavim. We cannot judge them. And we talked about this all the way in the beginning of when I first made my original introduction to all these shiurim. So anyone who is divorced or or is going through something like that and here's what I'm saying, needs to understand that it's not about them particularly, but it's about overall the general idea of that taka bismanazeh, and I'm taking this not from my own theories, but from what the Daily Yisrael said, whether of Igda Miller, and thousands of other Gedoyle Yisrael are simply saying, and they know Rishmul Kamenetsky and others, that these days, they, I'm giving a saying 85%, 90%, I don't know what the percentage is, that a, a huge percentage of divorces these days could be avoided by proper training, by proper skills, and by working on one's midas. So when you're in the matzif where it's shaky, the important mode is as shaky as it may be right now to avoid divorce, to work on it, to, to assume that perhaps you ask a ra again, that's the thing, you ask, you get right advice from a rav and plus a healthy therapist that understands a couple and hopefully a from healthy objective therapist that could communicate with a rav. And if that happens and they go through the right channels trying to work it out and still they say in this particular situation a divorce is needed, that's a separate story. But you need to go through that channel of working towards avoiding that divorce. 
and seeing how it could be worked out and usually not just worked out, but transformed into the most beautiful thing. And don't convince yourself that children raised by divorced parents are perfectly fine. Some of them could be fine. They could overcome the trauma, but often that's not the case. The defects of divorce can be devastating to a family, can be devastating to a community. And when the children are brought up in a home with both a mother and a father, it's easier to set limits. They can be united in their discipline and love, the right balance of discipline and love with their child. The child is less likely to pit one parent against the other because they're on the same team. And this gives a child a sense of security as he learns self-discipline. They need, as much as they need love, they need that self-discipline. But when they divorce, and sometimes what happens is, unfortunately, parents try to get their children on, quote-unquote, their side, spoiling them, and the child is brought up jumping from one household to other household, often without discipline or without structure. And the less structure the child has, the greater the tendency to look for other ways to feel secure and good about themselves, which are usually not good for the child. So discipline and self-control, as much as a lot of us find that distasteful, we like to always talk about love and compassion and, 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 and unconditional love. But the truth be told is that discipline and self-control is fundamental for any healthy functioning society. And it's harder for a person to become a healthy member of a community if he didn't grow up with a secure family structure. The biggest matana to give to your children is to give them a healthy family structure. And people who have analyzed someone, Rabbi Aaron Lane, he wrote a book, GPS for Happy Marriage. He talks about it there, but it talks about it in many other places. That he analyzed the effects of divorce on society and the nature of marital relationships and why couples behave the way they do. And sometimes they get divorcing. And he feels among hundreds and hundreds of others that are involved in this field, that if a couple becomes more knowledgeable about the nature of their relationship, they'll be better equipped to strengthen their marriage and prevent divorce. And this is really the key. You need to assume, no matter how rocky it may have been up to this point, that you still may be in that category of those people that, of those 90% or whatever percent it is, of these days where the divorce is not necessary, it's not the right option. The option is is to learn these skills, these tools, to become less self-centered, to work on oneself mutually together. And when you do that, most of the time, it transforms into a beautiful, beautiful um, marriage. And like we said many times before, and Halavai, again, Arav recently told me, um, when I talked about these things, the importance of take having courses and all these things and basically said, but what could you do about it? You need to speak to the school systems and you need to speak to people who could actually do something about it. And he has a great valid point. That's why I'm asking for all those that are listening to these shiurim, if you do have influence, if you're able to, you're close to menchanchem or Rosh Hashivas or people that handle yeshivas 
and, and or general hashpa klaldika things connected to shuls and so on and so forth to do your best to be mashpia this thought of to get people to learn systematically from ninth grade on onward all the way into the base medrash seminary years and then people are married in shuls and batiknesiaises and communities to stress courses to be taken to develop those skills in order to the, to prevent divorce and to have happier marriages you know when you someone uh, he was at a, uh, this Aaron Lane he was in a confident he was in a conference in in uh, far out somewhere how long does it take to become a lawyer four years how about a doctor with a specialty ten years. What's more difficult, being a lawyer or a doctor or a spouse? All of them, the majority of them said a spouse. How many years do we study about relationships before we marry? Zero. So that's absurd. Wouldn't it make sense to learn how to succeed in marriages before actually marrying? Someone joked afterwards in the audience and said, then for sure no one will get married. But that's a cynical approach. The idea is, is how is it possible that the institution of marriage that has existed for thousands and thousands of years and many people still have not figured out how to make it work. You think with the latest advantages of technology, medicine, science, we will be able to learn the secret to build a happy marriage. And we will be able to discover, you know, all these things. If we could discover how even people with severe disabilities could communicate and manipulate objects using their brainwaves or their tiny, tiny eye movements, and we have created new materials with properties that could people could only dream of, rockets to outer space, and so on and so forth, and we're no happier than the people of 100 years ago and 1,000 years ago. The divorce rate is higher than ever, and even if a couple manages to remain married, often they're not happy in the relationship. And as of 2010, there was 20% of couples that got divorced within five years, 32% of couples who were together 10 years and are getting divorced, and of those together 20 years, 48%, nearly half of them end up getting divorced. Again, this is the general population, not our Orthodox community, although it got higher than it should be there too. So why haven't we learned it? It's not like people didn't try. But obviously, what's happening is, is we need a Torah-based value system together with proper hachana. And the idea is that people don't follow advice that are given or they forget this main premise that a good, healthy marriage requires effort, dedication, and commitment. It needs hachana like everything else in life. Just like a doctor and a lawyer invests a lot of years and hard work for their careers, a marriage doesn't deserve any less than that. Part of it is our natures being very hard to change. We each, we may not be an addict per se, but we have certain addictive habits, like smoking, and it's even harder than changing the stop smoking, it's even harder to change our natures, which is the root of bad habits. But it can be done. It must be done. It's something that we need to all take seriously. And we must be committed to resolving this. We have to fix ourselves in order to fix our marriages. And we will talk about the root of the problem that causes a lot of unhappy marriages. And the idea being, though, it requires 
hard work. It requires hard work. Now I'll give you an example in, in a chinuch aspect to understand this a little better. You have, for example, um, a child that's clever and intelligent but not doing well in school, and you're upset about it. You want him to improve. You have all types of theories. Why is your child failing? You, and, and, and you ask the child, can't put it in words, and maybe you're blaming the child for his lack of effort or interest, or you may encourage the child to change using rewards or punishments or accuse a teacher or school, and the problem isn't resolved and your frustration grows, and it now becomes a conflict between you and the child's teachers or administrators. It gets worse. But what, let's say, if the problem is that your kid needs glasses and no one realized it, or that he has a chronic hearing problem and has to read lips in order to understand what the teacher is saying. Or maybe he's dyslexic. Maybe he's hyperactive. Maybe, hyperactive. maybe he has ADD. And then you will change your approach because you'll address the cause of the issue instead of trying to control the symptoms of the issue. Or, for example, a, a father comes home very tired and drained from work. And his daughter is there acting very sullen, obnoxious at the dinner table. And his immediate reaction is to put her in her place. To yell at her, to scream at her for being, acting like obnoxious teenager. But when the father realizes, as tired as drained and upset as he is, that this teenager daughter's surliness and, and obnoxiousness is a facade, is a smokescreen. And what the father needs to do, and it's hard because he's very overwhelmed and upset and tired and drained, but he needs to realize there's a smokescreen here. What's the real reason for her behavior? If he digs deep enough, he will find the answer. Either something happened, there was a falling out with a friend of hers, or a test that she failed that she's nervous and upset about, or a teacher hurt her feelings. And then when he addresses those causes, the symptoms will, will ultimately disappear and alleviate, and the obnoxiousness will go down, and the sullenness will go down. So this is the issue a lot of times, is we lack the communication skills, the panimi inner skills that we all need to work on to train ourselves with. We lack communication. Politically correct is, men have difficulty communicating. Or you know, because they prefer to manage their problems alone and weren't accustomed to share their feelings. Or women never tell men what's really bothering them. So instead, the men get the silent treatment and then they end up fighting. So this is, again, a problem in both genders. The lack of communication. The key is, though, interesting is communication is key, but if you're communicating and you're self-centered, then communication will only take you thus far. You need to change your inner world. And one of those things is, is when you have unrealistic expectations. For example, what it means is unrealistic expectations is when I married my husband, I expected him to be a real gentleman, that he would make me feel loved and cherished and respected. But sometimes he could be insensitive and selfish and too focused on his work and too passionate about his hobbies or too involved in his friends. I thought I would never be lonely when I got married. But now, not only do I feel lonely, I feel neglected. Or a husband may say, I thought my wife would take care of all my needs just like my mother took care of my father while still giving him space and not nagging him when he wants to go out and have coffee with his friends. And she's not like that. This unrealistic expectations. 
or complaining, constant complaining. Requests could range from mowing the lawn, helping the kids with their homework, quality time with each other, and it turns into demands and complaints when the relationship sours. So after working with so many couples, and this is I taking from Rabbi Aaron Lane, he came to realize that a lot of these grievances are smoke screens for a core problem. And when you resolve the core problem, you eliminate the problem and the symptoms disappear. A big part of this problem, which we talked about in the Rebzel Pliskin Friday Shiorim, is self-esteem. And we're going to talk about it a little bit now in the main Shiorim as well. It is so important for marriages to have each one having a healthy self-esteem. Men and women have different needs and they look for different things. But when we identify those things, then they don't, we understand why they're drifting apart and we bring them closer together. So self-esteem is important. The idea of focusing on solutions are is important. Learning how to deal with conflict is important. All of these are important. And again, to make a disclaimer about everything we said in this year and about the upcoming shiurim, which we're going to talk about, is that this works if both husband and wife are relatively emotionally stable. We are not talking about cases where there's an emotional imbalance or trauma or addiction or real heavy, heavy trauma from the past because then, or bipolar, um, depression, severe depression, postpartum depression, all these things require professional treatment. When there's emotional imbalance of those sorts, you need professional treatment. So with that professional treatment given, then you could listen to the Shiorim. It would complement greatly. But with if someone has addictions, then you need professional help. The Shiorim alone will not help. And therefore, if an addiction is in existence, or clearly bipolar, or certain things like that, not regulating manic, depressive, so on, you need to address it with a real professional help, mental health, before you get the marriage counseling. And then you can get the marriage counseling once that, once that is treated. And for all, all of you that Baruch Hashem do not have these issues, but you have your overall life issues, that is where these shiurim are extremely effective in working things through and trying to work things out. But to go back to the original thing that we said in the beginning of this year, of how vital it is that your shalom bias is not just about you and your wife, you and your husband. You are giving a bracha to Klal Yisrael. It's, it's, it's incumbent upon you to be the best husband you could possibly be, not just because of your wife personally and your own children personally, because of your Klal Yisrael. When you have our good, wonderful husband, you are helping Klal Yisrael as a whole and the world as a whole. Same thing with a wife. If she becomes a healthy wife, she is not only helping her relationship with her husband and her children, she is helping Klal Yisrael. She is contributing to the welfare and the bracha that Shaira on Klal Yisrael as a whole, especially in your own community, but even all wide. It's a ripple effect. We are all connected. That is why Machlekes is so dangerous and, and terrible. 
because it breaks apart our society. And it starts with the internal fights within one's home and family life. It always starts from within. It always starts from the pnim, from the inside. Therefore, it is so important to remember that. You're, you, you are doing a double schus when you become a better husband and wife working on your shalom bias. You are building yourself, you're building your wife or your husband, you're building your children, and you are building Klai Yisrael. You're helping Klai Yisrael. Rochan <laughs> Atzlacha.